busy week since we spoke last week, hasn't it? So all hell broke loose last oh, Friday, right? Ain't it, ain't it just? I mean, um, we'll, we'll come back to this, but of course, on Thursday night, we also heard about the death of Liu Xiaobo. But mm. here in Hong Kong, boy, mm. I mean, you know, I've, I've been reading, and it's like you're having an outer world experience. I've been reading some of these commentaries about, you know, I can't understand what all the fuss is about. What? <laughs> uh, what? There is now six directly elected members of the legislature who are being thrown out of their jobs. These are people who were literally voted for by hundreds and hundreds of thousands Mm. uh, of Hong Kong citizens. And um, the previous administration, which was was particularly hardline, although we still don't quite know what's happening with the current administration, hmm. the, the, the one-week um, love-in seems to have ended rather abruptly. <laughs> Very abruptly, yeah. Um, and it literally was one week, hmm. so, um, you know, uh, boy, I think we're up to week three, aren't we, of the Carrie Lab administration? It seems much longer than that, and, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and the, 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 the tender aroma of um oh dear we can't say these things on the radio the tender aroma of smelly stuff is um (laughs) is rising very very great very greatly but i mean the fact of the matter is that that um cy lung was on this enormous political mission uh which his masters in beijing were very keen on him pursuing of using any possible means to reverse this is what it is reverse the verdict of uh, last year's election. And, you know, I mean, he was aided and abetted by some right idiots in the Democratic camp, particularly the two first um, um, uh, so-called young spiration legislators who, who, to my mind, are just total lulus. But anyway, um, (laughs) but the the, the other four who've now been got Mm. are, are, are much more substantial and sensible people. But, you know... If you want to find a way of getting rid of people, you can always do it. Mm. And this is where you get into the very dangerous area of rule by law rather than rule of law. And what, by what I mean by that is that, you know, you just change the law to suit your political convenience. And the so-called reinterpretation of the basic law by Beijing was precisely that. They said, oh, here's a set of circumstances where we can overturn the verdict of the election uh, we will find a law to fit it. And, you know, the fact of the matter is that C.Y. Lung himself, for example, wrongly took his oath and had to take it again. Many legislators have done this. It, it has never been a big deal before. But if you want to, if you're determined not to respect the verdict of an election, you can find a way of overturning it. So, you know, now we come to the really, really tough um, decisions that have to be taken not only, incidentally, by the Democrats, but by the government, because, you know, Carrie Lam, at least rhetorically, is saying she wants better relations with the Democrats or with the opposition. So, you know, you've got to do more than just say that. So so what will she do in these circumstances? Hmm, well, seems, she really does seem to t- need to take some concrete steps here, otherwise it's just no-one's going to believe that straight off. Know, will the, inter- will, will the, the administration use the fact that they've managed to purge the legislature to bring in legislation that they know couldn't be passed if there were still the democratically elected members sitting in the chamber? 
Will they try and bankrupt them in the in the great Singapore style by saying, "Oh, you know, you'll have to pay back all the money," which means you can't stand again. Which in means the, you can't stand mm, again. I mean, this mm. is the old Singapore tactic mm. of bankrupting uh, opposition um, lawmakers. Will they uh, even use this to change the whole rules under which the LegCo operates? I mean, all of this is on the table now. Carrie Lam at the moment is saying, "Oh, well, you know, it's not really up to me." Well, you know, you're supposed to be the chief executive of Hong Kong. You can provide leadership Mm, mm. on these issues. It is, of course, always true. Every weasel has its day. So a weaselly excuse can always be made. It is technically true that the rules of the legislature, for example, are indeed decided by the members. But if the chief executive calls in the members and says, I really think this isn't a good idea, you have a pretty shrewd idea what the outcome of that particular meeting will be. So you're either the leader or you aren't. But has she not had a sort of um, uh, fingers burned a little bit by what CY did, which was to interfere too much? And so she's now pulling right back from... from you know, well, at least being seen to, to interfere in anything. We don't all. know. I mean, mm. it's it's early days. I mean, the point you make of him interfering too much, but remember, CY was really something else. He didn't really even particularly... I mean, this was the bizarre thing about CY Learn. He was so out of it. They didn't really that much um, do anything with the pro-government legislatures in the chamber. He sort of completely ignored them as well. It was all done <laughs> by executive edict. Mm-hmm. Now, the point of the Hong Kong system is that executive writ runs very large indeed. There are many, many things that the chief executive can do without having to go to LegCo or having to go anywhere else for that matter. So if you're prepared to use that system to in its full imperial pomp, so to speak, you can do so. See why pressed it right to the last moment. And, of course, he went further, because this business, for example, of, of, of launching defamation action against Kenneth Leung, legislator Kenneth Leung, for questioning his, his, his bung, I mean, uh, uh, purely authorised transparent payment from UGL, you know, to launch a defamation action, he's learnt, he's learnt again from Singapore, this is a very good way... Mm-hmm. of tying legislators up mm. in the courts, getting them involved in extremely costly legal action and attempting to bankrupt them. And then you say, oh, you're bankrupt, you can't run for legislature. I mean, it it, it it doesn't have the merit of novelty. It's new in Hong Kong, but it's very well tried and tested in Singapore to devastating effect, which is why, effectively, Singapore has remained a one-party state, although it is the wheels are coming off that particular vehicle. Certainly are at the moment, aren't they? As yeah. the family, oh. the, the great Lee family, are, are, are busy bonk, bonking each other on the head. But, you know... Uh, it's like all autocracies, they always seem stronger than they are. Mm. I mean, this mm. is the absolute iron rule of these people, is that they look very... They look unchallengeable until they're not. So back to this um, uh, quandary for Carrie, then what are her options, would you say, at this point? Well, her options are, I think, um, to which she could do tomorrow, actually, say, look, I understand that there are six members of the legislature who are not allowed to take their seats because of the court ruling. During that period, I will not introduce any... This is entirely within her power. I will not introduce any controversial legislation Mm. because it clearly would go to a chamber. 
which isn't fully staffed or fully manned or fully personed, whatever we call it these days. That's the first thing she do. The second thing she could do is have, have a proper discussion with the legislators about the holding of these by-elections. Mm. Because as it stands, the very likely outcome is that because of the, the, the system that, that, that we have, it would almost be impossible for the Democrats to recover the full six seats that have been lost because in a proportional voting system within these mega constituencies, you have to win to get more than one seat sure. in, in a by-election. This isn't so much in, in, a, in a general election, but in a by-election. If you've got two Democratic candidates, you would have to win something like... 60% of the vote. To get both those seats back. Which is more or less impossible. Mm, mm, more or less mm. impossible. I mean, uh, in, in the, and, and they'd have to be sort of equally divided between the two pro-Democrat candidates. So, you know, there, 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 there are very real questions about whether the by-elections would just serve to dilute the strength of the Democratic camp. The fact that the Democrats would win those by-elections instantly, I think, is beyond doubt. Mm. But that doesn't mean it would be reflected in the number of legislators who would be returned Return. after they'd be after they've been held. Is, I mean, is that a flaw in the system here, or is that a flaw in proportional representation? Or what is that a flaw in? Well, I, I think that the system here is bonkers. <laughs> I mean, it is bonkers, bonkers, bonkers beyond belief, and only explicable if you wanted to rig the system, which is, of course, why it was designed. I mean, Hong Kong, with its 7.3 million people, two-thirds of whom at most are electors, so the electoral role at maximum is, is something between four and five million, has five constituencies. It's beyond nonsense. <laughs> what you need, to, first of all, to do yeah. is to split up the constituencies. There's no yeah. reason for these big constituencies. Absolutely pointless. We know why they were introduced. It was because there was never any prospect when these elections first came into being of of the of the um, pro, well, they weren't pro-government in those days, but let's call it what it is, of, of the Communist Party supporting candidates being elected. Mm. The only way they could be elected was by this proportionate redistributed, redistributive sure. vote system. Mm. Now, if you had, in a tiny place like Hong Kong, something more realistic of the order, you don't need to expand, expand the chamber, but something more realistic like, you know, 20 to 30 constituencies, small constituencies, number one, it would mean that the person representing those constituencies would be more able to represent the area. Sure. At the moment, you know, the person who, in my constituency, which is North New Territories East, yeah. they represent Taipo, they represent Sai Kung, they represent Zhengquan. It's a completely it, different... It, it, they represent, mm. you know, this mm. vast, vast area with very different circumstances. And, and the net result is that even I, who follow local politics, I'm never quite sure who it is who actually represents the constituency that I belong to. So, number one, you need to reduce the size of the constituencies. <laughs> and then, I think, uh, once you've done that, in, uh, in, in other words, one person elected to one constituency, it would be simple. You don't need proportional representation. It's just the person with the, with the highest vote gets in.
Sure, sure. Well, it sounds very simple, but um, I'm sure it's not going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen because because it would be of immense democrat, uh, so immense um, benefit to the democratic forces. Because you know, as matters stand, with only half of the chamber, we, we need to remind ourselves of this: only half of the chamber is democratically elected. Within the popular vote of Hong Kong, the Democrats score something between fifty and sixty percent of the popular vote, but in the chamber have about a third of the members. So you you can see why reform of the electoral mm. system is not looming quickly. In terms of these by-elections, what what are the rules, in, in <coughs> particularly when do they have to be done now? Because that, seem, that seems to be a bit vague as to when they have to have these by-elections. Yes. I mean, is there a timetable set out well, somewhere? Well, it, it's very unclear because, um, first of all... Um, in all of these cases of expulsion from legislature, hmm. legal action is pending. So you could argue, if you want to, that, that you can't have a by-election while the status of the person who was originally elected is, is still in question right. because of... Uh, and that can, could go on forever. That can go on for a very long time. Mm. Mm. I, I think, incidentally, um, uh, setting aside the two Lulus, if the other four decide not to contest this by appeal, which I think, you know, because the law has been changed to make sure that they don't win is is pretty pointless. Mm. Um, They could speed up the process. But the um, elections are not called by the government. They're called from the electoral, whatever it is, uh, commission. So they can actually be called at any time. But, you know, they're bureaucrats, so... As long as they have an excuse not to do anything, what does a bureaucrat so, do when they've got an excuse to do nothing? Exactly, and there's plenty of examples of that. Um, but, so there isn't there isn't a rule which says you if there's no legal action pending, you must have the by election say within three months or well, something like that. Well, or, there is actually hmm, there is hmm. there are those rules, but but that you know rules are made by bureaucrats <laughs> with all these sort of loopholes, so you can always find within the rules a subsector, and that would be clause seventeen. A point six, which which put counts, you know, cast out on clause seventeen point mm. eight. Mm. So you know there is, in fact, no certainty in those rules. Steve Vines is with us. I'll have a couple of bits of music um, and the news. Come back with Steve in a few moments. Like you, Steve. Uh, <laughs> I've heard of them. Jolly, jolly unconventional chaps. It's this popular music, as you say. Um, so what, what's what's going to happen? Um, with these lawmakers, what's going to happen with the by-elections? What's the the next or the the result of this? Well, I think, think number one thing that's going to happen is that the political temperature that looked as though it had cooled a bit will mm. will go back to high again. Then, I think there's very much up to play for. It depends how the administration responds. It depends how smart the uh, Democrats are. I mean, to to fight these by-elections, the Democrats collectively and remember this is you know at least half a dozen different parties have to coordinate strategy like it's never been coordinated before Mm. track record on that is not (laughs) how can we put it is not impeccable and then there there is this and i know one shouldn't mention these things on 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 public radio but there is the public to Mm. be considered i mean it's it's unclear to me at this stage how much people care about this. I mean, I know there's an enormous amount of cynicism out there, but is that cynicism stroke anger? 
Is it cynicism stroke, I give up? Is it cynicism stroke, well, you know, they deserved it, so, you know. I mean, I think there's definitely an element of we're all a bit worn out by it. Yeah. Um, Well, I think people, you know, the average Joe just doesn't get that engaged hmm. until they do. I mean, and we've seen this in Hong Kong many, many times. It goes very, very quiet. And people have keep, keep saying to me, and I just don't get their lack of historical perspective. They keep saying to me, oh, you know, after the end of the um, Umbrella Movement, which, after all, was two years ago, hmm. you know, everything was crushed, there's no hope, um, no point in doing anything. And I, I, in fact, I met somebody this week who said exactly that to me and i said to her two years is a very short time in history you know mind you she was a lot younger than me most people are but i guess it is a bit depressing though from it is depressing Hmm. of course but you know um fact of the matter is that 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 this is a very very long game it ain't going to be played out in a year or two years or three years um uh, and, and this, of course, is is the whole lesson of what happened to Liu Xiaobo. Mm. I mean, you know, Liu Xiaobo, remember about him. I mean, he had the choice in 1989 when the democracy protest started in Beijing. He had the choice of remaining overseas. Because he came back. He came yeah. back. Mm. And he says that he knew how dangerous that was. And he deliberately didn't buy a return ticket. He said, I've got to buy a single ticket. Otherwise, I'll be tempted to use the return half of Mm. the ticket. So he bought a single ticket. He went via Japan and the plane stopped in Japan. He said, even at that point, I thought, should I just get off here and not do it? And then he said, no, Mm. I, I can't. I can't. I think he said something like, I couldn't live with myself if I did that. So, you know, a li- a, literally a life-changing moment for him. It was a life-changing moment for him. And mm. also, in case anybody's forgotten, it was a life-changing moment for many of the people in, in Tiananmen Square because he was the crucial figure that organised the exit of many students and other protesters, organised this uh, negotiation with the military, who would otherwise have been there and could well have been killed. So, you know... Uh, people quite literally owe their lives to Liu Xiaobo. I mean, there's the question of moral leadership, there's the question of all sorts of other things. But in that sense, um, there are people alive today who wouldn't be alive today if he hadn't done what he did in in Tiananmen Square. And then, you know, within two years of of Tiananmen, he was in jail. He's he's spent most of the last three decades in in and out of jail or under, under house arrest. He has not been a free man since returning um mm. it, I, I i keep talking about him in the present tense it's very hard to remember he's no he's not with us anymore but he was not a free man uh, a, during those three decades what's amazing f- to me you know is for people like Lucialbo who are under arrest or house arrest or in prison or whatever for so long is how they still have the resolve to go on doing what they believe in despite all of that and absolutely astonishing you know, i mean you 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 know and and you get all these ghastly little midgets who've, who've come out of the woodwork saying oh you know that Liu Xiaobo, boy probably wasn't a very nice person and blah 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 well do you know what to live that sort of life and to expose your family because remember in these one-party states when you pop your head about above the parapet it's not just you who gets knocked I mean, look, the terrible things that they've been doing to, to, to his wife, Liu Xia, 
um, her brother was put in jail under these uh, dubious um, uh, embezzlement charges, I think it was. I mean, Parler, what's it? Um, the whole new family, I mean, his brothers were put under surveillance during the time that he was in jail. Hmm. And then you come to the moment of his death, and there's this harrowing, absolutely ghastly shadow of the Cultural Revolution when the brother is forced to go on television. Liu Xia didn't appear in this video and thank the Communist Party for its, passion, uh, its compassion towards his brother. I mean, this is shadows of the Cultural Revolution mm. when people were um, assassinated um, by the state or by mobs and well, no, by the state and the relatives had to come forward and pay for the bullet. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's a level of warped, twisted and vile um, retribution, even after death, that in civilised societies people just wouldn't even... I mean, it's hard to contemplate. The, I, I, God knows what was going through his brother's mind, but I only assume that he did that because the repercussions of not doing it would have been enormous. So I'm not blaming him for doing it, but I am saying, you know, they will not let it rest. So now they say, mm. you know, the ashes of Liu Xiaobo are in the Pacific Ocean. And, and lots of protests are saying, oh, well, that's good. Because his influence, you know, goes all the way to America, goes all the way to Canada, goes all the way around the Pacific, which is the biggest ocean in the world. Um, you know, we, so we, ironic, we, really. We, isn't we it? could mm. look at it that way. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I do know. I am one thing. I am absolutely, absolutely sure about is, as history develops, Liu Xiaobo's name will be remembered, and the monsters who were responsible for his imprisonment, for the lies, for all the rest of it will be largely forgotten. I think that's one thing that you can be very sure about. Because, you know, everybody who thinks that dictatorships last forever just are so on the wrong side of history. It's unbelievable. Steve Vines is with us. Back in a moment. Young money. White elephants do we have out there at the moment then, Steve? Well, there is the mother of all white elephants, <laughs> the bridge to nowhere, which is rapidly rising. Or it's almost oh, finished, isn't it? Almost, yeah, absolutely. Gosh, do you know it was? It was in fact scheduled for completion. I think, if I'm not mistaken, last year. Right. But now, um, because it's all been so highly successful, um, I think it is definitely, definitely, definitely until it isn't going to be finished next year but but you you remember I, i'm i'm raring to go you you, know. you are well <laughs> I, can i tell you something and this is useful to the listener as well do you know that once the bridge has been constructed you will be able to get from juhai which is where most of our one listener is I, i'm always there if you are in juhai you can get from there to the airport in about 45 minutes cool and i mean <laughs> is there any greater thing among person kind as we sit here today <laughs> uh, they still incidentally haven't sorted out how you can if you've got a car because mm. you know i don't know whether you've noticed this about bridges but normally what, it, what, what this is how it works you go to a bridge in a car and you drive over it yeah that, that's apparently quite that's normal quite right? common is quite that common yeah. if yeah. you go oh. to the great white elephant in the sky uh, the the new uh, bridge actually it's very 
very unclear how you would actually get on the bridge unless you've got mainland number plates, which, of course, are owned by very, very few people in Hong Kong. So the most likely thing that would happen, and we still don't know because nothing has been announced about this. Instead, we don't even know what side of the road they're going to drive on, which right. is an interesting... That's a good point. ...interesting thing. But, I mean, the most likely thing is... Who, you, owns, who owns the bridge, by the way? Oh, I mean, the three governments. Zhuhai government, Guangdong government, but, and, and Hong Kong government. Does it have Hong Kong police on, or, or, or uh, mainland immigration uh, officials? To, to or? be decided, apparently. Oh. To be decided. That's in line. That's yeah. in. That's all part of the, the heady mixture of things to come. Mm. So, um, but it seems possible now that what happened is you drive your car, this is the Hong Kong punter, and somewhere or other, God knows where that would be, you park it. You then get on a coach, which will take you across the bridge. Oh. So, uh, but... It's strange that we haven't heard a lot about that. I haven't heard anything about no, that at all. No, <laughs> Meanwhile, meanwhile, we heard yesterday, and and it's the gift that keeps on giving that the the that the bridge which has now ballooned into costing Hong Kong, not the whole project, just Hong hmm. Kong, hmm. one hundred and seventeen billion dollars. Wow, that's even more than you earn, I think. <sighs> Getting there. marginally, um, there's now you know, and and we were told when they went back to Legco this very year, told by Anthony Jung, the mm. secretary, housing and nose picking secretary, that 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 um, that was it, that was it. Mm. They come back to Legco. They came back for about another. When was this? This was like a few months ago. Few months ago. Okay. Uh, for for an extra fifty billion. I mean, hey. 50 billion between friends. I'm exaggerating. It wasn't quite that much, but it was billions of dollars. They said, that's mm. it. There mm. won't be any more. Ooh, yesterday, up in finance committee, buried in the paperwork is, oh, yes, well, there is the extra 8.8 .8 billion that, that the contractors are asking for because of delays and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, mm. you know what? This ain't over. This so ain't over. And you think... Oh, only 8.8 .8 billion. But hang on, pinch yourself. 8.8 yeah. .8 billion is an enormous, enormous huge, sum of huge money. Huge amount of money. They're now also but talking about an extra allocation to keep the contracting companies on after the bridges um, uh, been finished, because you know there might be light bulbs to be changed or screws to be tightened. And you and and the joy goes on. So the, no one would have ever thought that you might want to keep those contractors on in, to make sure everything's okay. Would you? You wouldn't have thought yeah, that who, ahead, who, would you? Who, who would have guessed Why that? Why would you who plan would have that? that? No, no. So that's got to come under extra, extra money. So you know, hmm. when the government says it will definitely be completed by next year, there will be some people, not me, but there will be some people who say, "Oh yeah." Hmm. When they say, "Well, you know, the figure we've given you is it," you know, well, yes, it certainly is it for that day. <laughs> I mean, it's just the astounding, isn't money it? going into this is un-effing believable. Mm, and mm. it goes on and on. And meanwhile, the, 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 the law of being able to get from Zhuhai to the airport in 45 minutes is, is what, what, what keeps me happy. But whether I would want to go to a bridge, get out of my car, park it, which presumably would cost a lot of money because there's no such thing as free parking in Hong Kong, get on a bus and go to um, why Zhuhai... Would I, why would I do that, honestly? Why, why yeah, would, I why do would that? anybody do that? I mean, it's just... Get on a coach. <coughs> that apparently is the great thinking that is going through the very fine minds who have been masterminding this plan. The idea that you could just get on the bridge and drive across it 
Mm. Which why would you I do mean, that? which was always a bit stupid. I yeah. mean, why build a bridge for people just to, to be able to get on it and drive across it? That apparently is such a no-no that even your granny knows that. So the net In result, fact, grannies throughout the Pearl Delta region are saying, "I knew that." <laughs> you can hear them. Go outside this minute. So the net result, there's not going to be anybody on the bridge. Anyway, there'll be no, there'll be very little use of the bridge. It will cost an absolute. Um, uh, bucket load of money there's another word for that hmm. bucket load of money and and more because you know that once you've spent 117 billion of taxpayers money there is no end to the largesse but you know you and me can pay for it so that's okay it is our white elephant of the week steve <laughs> thank you very much as ever we'll see you next i'll clump out <laughs> 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 <laughs>